Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to the AEW Collision and Battle of the Belts preview. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by one of the Dudley Boys, Michael Sidgwick from What Culture, to so look ahead to this weekend's AEW Collision and Battle of the Belts. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts, where we not only review AEW Collision, but also AEW Dynamite, Raw, SmackDown, the show formerly known as NXT Dubai. Oh, pay-per-views, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a round of the week complete. With a bloody good quiz, of course, on WrestleCulture. As I said, though, joined by Sidgwick to look ahead to this weekend's AEW Collision and Bell of the Bills. And God bless the United States. It's got nothing to do with America. Yeah, good point. Um, it's in Canada. Tits. Hang on. And God bless the United States. Canada. Um, do you want to instigate the rule that we're putting in for, for next week's review already? Yes. So we'll start with that. And by the way, uh, a quick heads up for everyone, just a bit of admin here, because we're going to start talking about something that's actually not related to necessarily. Well, it isn't. It isn't to Collision or Battle of the Belts. And then we'll get to Battle of the Belts later because there's some matches we're going to be talking about on there that I know about because I've read the spoilers from Rampage. But don't worry, I'll give you a heads up before we reveal anything like that. But Collision's already two hours. is an extra hour on top of that. I'm off on Monday. The Dadleys are very busy men. So we thought, especially considering the, let's say, legacy of Battle of the Belts within an AEW, we'd introduce a rule regarding our review on Monday because... Well, time's a bit tight, isn't it, in terms of turning stuff around. Do you want to reveal what it is? Yes. um, If there's no title change um, at Battle of the Belt, we will not be reviewing that show. So I'm just not doing it. Yeah. Tonight, obviously, is Rampage. I'll probably watch... uh, I want to watch Willow versus Athena. Yes. I'll definitely make time to watch that. So that's um, in and around the kids getting ready and having breakfast and a bit of a lazy Saturday morning. I can squeeze that in. Then I'm busy because I've got a life, I've got a family, and I'm going to be touching grass <laughs> on uh, Saturday. And then on Sunday, even if I'm doing nothing, <laughs> I have to get up to watch Collision or stay. Uh, stay up two hours when after a day with the kids, I'm just beaten. Yeah. And I'm watching, I'm watching three hours when the, when the third hour is Battle of the Belt. This is a title change, a monumental title mm. change. Well, we're going to have to do it. We're bound to it now. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> but um, I look, this is a bit of a facetious bit. Obviously, we will not be reviewing Battle of the Belts on that basis. Yeah, I, I, I ran the numbers on Battle of the Belts. I think six Battle of the Belts there's been under AEW's umbrella. So that's presumably 18 title matches. Yeah, it's three per show, isn't yeah. it? One title change. Pathetic. One title change. I think it was Sammy Guevara winning the TNT title. Actually, technically, there was two title wins, but the other one was an interim no-one's champion, so we have to crown one of you a champion uh, at Battle of the Belts. But yeah, beyond that, now. <laughs> um, in the What Culture office today, um, stick around for the uh, the preview. Um in the What Culture office today, we've just had a new uh, water Oh, we're very cooler. fancy dance now, aren't we? Just had a new water cooler um, installed. Um, it's got this really sort of light blue light, a high-tech mm. gimmick. There's two sentences. There's one for, like, really chilled water. And there's another for ambient for those with sensitive teeth. I'm more excited about the installation <laughs> of that device than I am Battle of the Belt 7. That's fair. Um, I've got uh, the baby shower this weekend. Oh, yeah. And uh, our first NCT classes, which, for those unaware, are basically like... They're a combination of introductory classes for people who, uh, like myself, have no bloody clue what to do when this baby arrives. And Louise is far more knowledgeable about this sort of thing than I am. But also a nice way to meet people who are in a similar situation to you. And loads of people I've spoken to say... Um, yeah, that they are still in touch with the people who do the NCT class with them because presumably, a bit like you and Hamlet have, they're like, kids are a nightmare, aren't they? Sometimes. What, yeah, what what have yours done this week that you never anticipated that you'd ever have to deal with? Oh, my God. Just very quickly on that. Charlotte was, she was loving her writing at the moment just learning about it at school. She went, Dad, how do you spell f? And I just went, oh, you know, you know the letter f. Yeah. Because you know how you do apocotta. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's f. No, how do you spell it? <laughs> what? <laughs> and I went, he put, f she went, no, how do you spell it? And I was like looking at a page and she'd done, so I think she's learning capitals. So I was like, capital T and then lowercase T. Right, okay. So I did a capital F and then a f. No, how do you spell it? I was like, what f***ing word are you talking about? <laughs> it's not a word. It's what it is. Like, oh, God, that's what you get. Well, that's what I've got to look forward to. But, you know, the best way to, to deal with your kids, so far so far, what I've learned with you and the, and the Hamlet, Michael Sidgwick, check out this for a segue, by the way, as well, is to lay down some rules. And AEW have laid down some uh, rules now regarding a band list and a sort of what would you call it, a pre-approval list in terms of uh, stuff that they can no longer do outright. No, that's, you cannot do this. And a longer list, a big massive shout out, by the way, to Fightful for, for this story. I think it's absolutely sensational reporting on their behalf um, on stuff that you basically have to get pre-approved. Uh, we talked all about it in the news this morning. Um, but before we talk about Collision, I mean, I, you're the most eminent, preeminent authority on AEW. And I saw you tweeting about this. I've got to know your extended thoughts on the the new list of rules and and, and banned things and pre-approved things. Those thoughts are very, very much mixed. Um, I've had a big issue, um, particularly across 2022 and 2023, across the board with the excess of it all in AEW, um, with how many... Belt weapon shots you see, mm. referee distractions, 
interference finishes, debut upon debut upon debut. Um, it just feels like it's been a lot of a lot mm-hmm. um, over the past two years. So I do get behind the idea that you now really have to go through agents to do certain things mm. that in excess start to mean less. I believe there was a thing the other week when you and I were talking about Collision where it was like two matches maybe, might have been on Dynamite, where there was leg, you know, an injured knee. I think it was actually it was Starks. It was Starks had an injured knee and I think maybe another match featured an injury angle that they were, they targeted. And I said, was that mine? And you like, no, not too much, but there is a, a creeping thing within AEW of that sort of thing. Happening. Oh, it happens every week. There's a, there's a different kind of excess or a trope that's repeated every single week. And if you can preserve, I'm all about rules and discipline mm-hmm. in fiction generally. If you can't, in slow builds and stuff, if you can, like, keep something special and preserve it, Maybe an apron bump will have an impact again. Yes. It has to be a particularly wicked apron bump for me to like wince and think, oh God, that guy's in trouble. It's just kind of a blur. It's just kind of a thing that just happens in front of me now. Yeah, it's a bit um, like you talked about the the transgression of oh my god, Adam Cole's had to watch Britt Baker take a kendo stick shot. Exactly. Exactly. You can't sell things as major moments anymore because they've done them to death and mm. they no longer have an effect. So on some level, I am in support of this in terms of the discipline of it all. Um, I would trust certain wrestlers to do a buckle bomb, mm-hmm. personally, but, you know, I don't, I'm not going to miss it. Like, I'm not going to miss no. that particular thing. And I think if you go... Um, Bang, bang, bang through or what is it? Chair shots to the head. Yeah, we're not yeah, we're not sitting here saying we need unprotected chair shots to the head or shots to the back of their head or Didn't Pack yeah. just do it to Kenny Omega? Mm. Literally in that dynamite angle this week. Mm. Didn't the spitting that's outright banned. Yeah. Didn't uh, some of them I agree with, like you say, obviously, ah, you know what it's fine. We're, we're not gonna, gonna spit if we're gonna ban spitting at any point, shouldn't it have not been during the height of the bloody COVID pandemic? Granted, yeah. No, that, that's not that's not the, the thing I have not an issue with you know either. What I was saying, didn't Dax Harwood? No, didn't Jay White spit on Dax Harwood like on Saturday? Yes. This, this must be a brand new thing. Yeah. Like, uh, fine with spitting. Obviously, you and I are not going to sit here and say they should be doing unprotected chair shots. They had preposterous that that is even a, a thing. One or two years, fine. Yeah. <laughs> it is the whole point of CTE is chronic. Yeah. It was over. Yeah. It's it's what is it? It's not one time. Like a, a, a superplex. A yeah. superplex. Ten suplexes versus one chair shot to the head. Mm. You know what I mean? Like it, it's the repeated use of anything. But uh, I think, and, and I don't, I didn't like Danielson's seizure cell, for example, in the in the Okada match. So Remind I can't remember me about that. that. But I think you and I both thought, ah, oh, kind of disappointing about the whole don't do crowd stuff anymore. Right. Yeah. Um, so as I was saying, just very quickly to tie up my last point before I go into the next couple, it's that. I do think that there is an argument to be made, and there are times when Hamflip pointed this out very early to his credit in AEW's run, where it's like, what are the agents doing? Mm. There is so much repeated stuff across this show. Part of an agent's job is to differentiate things, um, to make the shows more interesting, to get the communication in place, and not everyone does the same stuff over and over again, so that the same limb isn't worked over in two um, consecutive matches. And it, it did feel like at one point they were just there to relay the finishes. Mm. Um, 
So I guess on some level, if you can curtail some of that excess, but will that that goes to the wrestlers? What about Tony Khan? Is he going to exercise a similar discipline if a lot of this is? We'll get to the bloody show previews momentarily, but I do think <laughs> this is quite big yeah. and it's quite um, interesting for me to to talk about uh, for me anyway. Um, is he not going to hold himself to a similar standard mm-hmm. of right? Okay, you have to do this mainly because. It's a bit dangerous. We'd like to know you're doing it so we can make adequate preparations. And also it makes the shows more interesting if the agents have more say over what you can't do, if nothing else, because, oh, well, someone such and such is doing that. Yes. Um, but Tony Khan should, you know, um, hold himself to the same standard of not doing repeated stuff throughout. Um, his show, with the, the amount of interference finishes this year has been like not great at all. Like I miss the clean feeling. Um, of AEW originally. What I don't like is not necessarily the individual rules themselves or the individual bands themselves because, as you know, and I'm not going to miss unprotected chair shots to the head even if I think one or two a year is probably fine mm. um, from my uninformed opinion. Yeah. Um, I don't like that these exist maybe on a principle level. On It's hard to... What I'm getting at, right, is that it prohibits the spontaneity of AEW mm. from a pure fan-slash-critic perspective, okay? What I don't like is the idea of the feeling going away, and I feel like across many different areas of AEW, the feeling has gone away, and I feel like this is a bit of a continuation of that in that. Uh, when you watched 2021 AEW in the summer... You saw Chris Jericho bumping on glass. Who, by the way, was fine. When you saw a bunch of swear words and you saw like a lot of blading and all the rest of it. And you saw like these wild brawls in the crowd mm-hmm. and, cl- and these crimson masks in the crowd. Like obviously you'd want to hope that they were the blood was tested before the show, before yes. they realized they were gonna do a, a blade job with the idea that, okay. You're not going to infect anyone, so yeah. it's yeah. pretty gross if someone gets splattered, but it's part of the experience. It felt like an illicit thrill that this was even on allowed on television and in an arena, mm. and that feeling's gone away a bit. Maybe it's selfish and reckless of me to mourn that, but I'm doing it nonetheless. I don't like the fact that... I mean, it, it might seem small to you. All right, okay, they can just go and craft a great match in the ring. I'm sure they can. Yes. Or they can brawl in the crowd still. They're just not throwing drinks on fans mm-hmm. or like going over to them and taking their caps off or they're not bleeding in the crowd. They can do bleeding, but they have to get in the ring and do permission for it. Um, what if, for example, right, I'm going to do three examples. What if, for example, there's like a brawl in the crowd and unlike, you know, a really complicated sequence, a brawl in the crowd is basically, we're just going to wing it for five minutes in the crowd. We know what we're doing. We're pros. Mm. Like Chris Jericho, when he grabbed that I Love Sting sign, you yes. know that fan was carrying it in that moment where he thought, I'm going to rip it off the fan's hands, I'm going to scrunch it into a ball, and I'll put it in Sting's neck. That's the kind of thing you can't account for no. or prepare for. Maybe it's now the thing you can't do. I don't know. Even on a small level like that, just these little flickers of inspiration to make it feel alive, to yeah. make it feel spontaneous. 
I will miss the hell out of that if mm. it's as bad as I think it is in my mind. And bare enough, I'm an anxious guy, so I'm coming from an anxious perspective. Mm. These things might have been in place for a while. The spitting surely wasn't upheld on Saturday, <laughs> so maybe elements of it are new slash old, who knows. Um, so that sucks in that regard. Yeah, I hate, what if as well, as a theoretical example, Mox and the Blackpool Pom- Combat Club are brawling with whoever in the crowd. Um, like in a couple of months' time, maybe they're feeding with the House of Black. What if Brody King grabs Mox and just throws him into something? What if Mox is like, this is the time? I It looks like I've just taken this bump, and it looks like my head's just been battered, splattered, mm. but it hasn't. Now's the time to yeah. gig. I have to wait in the ring to do that. It's just not going to be the same. Maybe this is really, really pedantic. Um, there's two more points I want to make. Anarchy in the Arena is the best new gimmick match since Money in the Bank. We've waited, what was the gap? 2005 to 2022. 17 years. 17 years, yeah. 17 years of ladder match excess of a pretty uneven War Games revival, in my opinion. Scrambles, Iron Survivors, it's just... I thought, all right, okay, there's nothing new under the sun with wrestling gimmick matches. They finally, and Tony Khan deserves immense credit, and everyone else who was involved in the in the making of the first match and the second, to a lesser degree, you finally nailed it. You got an absolutely massive mint match that really, I think, drove a lot of that buy rate for double or nothing. Um, and it's just not going to be the same. I remember in 2022, this is going to hit the fan, you get a wild thing, and it's just like, oh my God, this is Im- immediately... One of the most incredible, crazy things I've ever seen. Yeah, and I remember I was like, I remember watching it and it was cutting to a different part, cutting to a different part, cutting to a different part, and I just watched as within two minutes, I was like, "Is Cool Hand Ange <laughs> dying already? Is he going to die?" It's two minutes in, his face was covered in blood yeah. in the crowd. Danielson was wailing on him, and it was just this is AW for me. This is that energy mm. that you don't get anywhere else. This is that. And it was like, it was obviously, you know, this big, elaborate, prepared for collaboration between the production team and Tony Khan and the wrestlers. But it never felt like that. It felt like this unbridled, chaotic, urgent, like, oh, it was great. You're not going to get that. You're going to get some brawling in the crowd, maybe a for next year's match if they do it, which, you know, it's an annual thing. Mm. And why wouldn't you? It's a great step that they've just invented. Oh, you're going to get some brawling in the crowd. Um, you're not going to get that crimson mask and that, oh, my God, it's going awry. Mm. Oh, this is dangerous. You're not going to get that feeling. You're not going to get that feeling. Another thing we're going to get, not going to get, and I'm going to make one more point after this before we get to um, Collision, if you're bored of hearing about this. It has been <laughs> all over socials. Uh, two more points. First, you're not going to get anything like with these new restrictions in play, the Eddie Kingston, John Moxley entrance for Double or Nothing 2021. No, no. If you remember, right, they come out through the crowd. Eddie Kingston is in front of a, the biggest crowd he's ever appeared in mm-hmm. front of, and the biggest ever, and in a proper AEW crowd for the first time in a year. And because he's Eddie Kingston, he doesn't know how over he is. Mox is trying to tell him, everyone's trying to tell him, but it's in his constitution not to believe it comes out and he gets a massive, massive pop. John Moxley is so fired up mm-hmm. that is one of his best mates is getting this reaction, this 
overdue reaction mm-hmm. that he just goes starts going mental. <laughs> he gets bottles of water and he's throwing them around. I think he gets a chair at one point and yeah. just throws it. These things could go awry. Obviously, there's scope for danger, but it's professional wrestling. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I'm, you're not going to get that entrance again in this new AEW world, and I hate that because that's AEW to me. That's the connection between mm. the fans and the performers, and that's the whole reason why you do wrestling, in my opinion. You don't do it to do terrible acting in the ring. <laughs> Friggin' bloodline. You do it for stuff like that. That's my wrestling, anyway. That's my perspective on it, and you're not going to get that. The last point I want to make, sorry, is that... Um, what was I going to say? The, the seizure selling... And the fencing pose after a concussion, you're not allowed to do that. Whose idea is that? I'm, I can't go too far into this because I don't know. And maybe it's not the, it's particularly well advised for me to say. All I will say is when there are concerns about the content farmification of AEW and these um, getting pushed by Warner to do. Um, potentially monthly pay-per-view schedule, Mm -hmm. certainly an increase in the amount of pay-per-views they do, two more hours of TV with Collision, which was another Warner idea as part of this new deal. If you want to get a billion dollars, you have to do certain things. I can't imagine, and I don't know, I do not know, I cannot imagine Tony Khan sitting down with Brian Danielson, particularly given reports from the Observer and Fightful that he's really in the room now. In terms of the creative direction, he's a strong part of Collision. Um, he's really risen to become a trusted confidant and a creative force of um, Tony Khan and in AEW. Just can't imagine. Oh, it's one of your favorite things. Let's not do that, Danielson. Mm. He's like, why? Oh, I don't know. Mm. Do they think that it makes wrestling look dangerous? Well, first of all, it is. Does it make it look, do they not like the optics of that particular kind of selling in case it makes it look like they've got a bad medical team or whatever? Mm -hmm. And if they were to continue a match after they do that kind of selling, um, would it look to the onlooker, I'm not going to say casual fan, (laughs) the onlooker that, oh my God, there's a concussion there, right? They shouldn't continue with this. First of all, the power slap on television. <laughs> yes. Second of all, it's fake. Mm. It's fake wrestling. Anyone with a brain knows it's fake. There's not going to be any five-year-olds watch who know what a concussion is anyway. It's yes. fake. It's a it's story that you're telling. I don't understand. Personally, I'm over the, the seizure cell and the concussion because only because... I think Danielson's went to that well once too often. I agree. He did it with um, a Grand Slam, and it was fantastic. He did it at WrestleMania 34 on his comeback, and it was like the only good part of a <laughs> like a terrible waste of Danielson. And the fact that he's done it again and again, it's like, well, you, you've you've cried wolf too often. Now. Correct, yeah. But on principle, I hate how that is. But what's the point? Because first of all, they are saying that kind of selling is banned. Why? Why? Yeah. Well, how is that any different from saying, oh, my ankle hurts or whatever? Well, because head injuries are more, like, serious and, you know... It's... Yeah, but in terms of what you're, you're saying, that they haven't a, got a head injury. They yeah, haven't got an exactly, ankle injury. Exactly. It's yeah. just a story. It's a story. It's fake. Do you care about optics? Why would you put power slap on your freaking show? Uh, he, he, 
one more thing before we go to um, the Collision preview, and I'm really looking forward to Collision, Yes, is that this discourse, I think a lot of people are downplaying elements of this in terms of the feeling that might very insidiously go away. And I think a lot of people, obviously, in bad faith, are going, no, you won't get pile drivers anymore. You will, weren't specified. Mm -hmm. I just saw Poison Rana. Yes. Avalanche Poison Rana. Like, there's going to be terrible discourse. There always is. Mm -hmm. Everything I've just said, Blood and Guts is going to be absolutely chaos. So people might say, oh, well, that was chaotic. And I was like, yeah, but it was within the cage. It's the crowd stuff for me, mm -hmm. primarily. That feeling that only AEW elicits. And, you know, it's also the implication of you can't do this now, you can't do that now, you can't do that now. It's like this used to be the freedom of expression company. Yeah, the improvisation's gone. Yeah, this used to be the wins and losses company. It's not that anymore. It's not the creative freedom. What is it then? What's left? Mm -hmm. Maybe these are all great ideas. Maybe all, you know what, deep down, maybe the ethical thing is, I will talk about collision at some point, the ethical thing to do is have wrestlers wear protective headgear, each and every single one of them. Yeah. The, the, it would look terrible. If you want to go all the way in on this, maybe that's the way to do it. So some crimson mask in the crowd. It's all I friggin' want in life. <laughs> a lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Turning our attention to AW Collision Builds, though. Oh, in Hot Tournament Finals uh, on Saturday night. Um, I'm not going to talk too much because I know the result of the Willow Nightingale Athena match on Rampage, and I don't want to tie myself in knots or mess, mess up. So I'll just hand it over to you. CM Punk versus Ricky Starks, which is fascinating because you could arguably see either way in terms of a hell of a springboard for Ricky Starks or a re-establishing of CM Punk within AEW. And on the other side, <laughs> Ruby Soho versus either Willow Nightingale or Athena. Who you got? Uh, Punk and... Well, I'll go through... I'll just say Punk and I'll give you my thoughts on what I think the match is going to be like first. Um, I think Punk will win. Um, I think it's way too early to beat him. Mm -hmm. Then again... Did he really get... He got beat once, didn't he, during his run? Twice? 
boxing MJF, yeah. and he got his win back both times. Yeah. All but, if he's not undefeated, he's all but unbeatable in fiction. Um, who is he going to put over, like, properly in fighting, like, with finality? That's what I'm interested in, because he has to do it at some point. Um, I don't think it's this, um, particularly not with Ricky Starks as a babyface, when that really hasn't gone well, in my opinion, um, for reasons I've explained a lot in depth on this podcast. I don't think CM Punk should do a job to babyface Ricky Starks because I think Ricky Starks is much better as a heel. Mm -hmm. And I also think it's not as simple as getting Starks over by having him be the one to beat CM Punk. These things do help and these things do matter, but the fans have to really be behind it. Yeah. And it's, I don't think they're that behind Starks. I don't think he's their guy, absolutely. No pun intended. I don't like puns. <laughs> like wordplay, I don't like hacks, I don't like alliteration. Um, Would you rather have to include one piece of alliteration on every podcast or one pun? Pun. Pun's better, aren't they? Puns are a bit more clever, I think. Yeah. Slightly more clever. Um, alliteration is just people thinking they're, you know, highfalutin. Mm. People who think they're just the absolute best. And guess <laughs> what? They are empty, superficial. You haven't blinked since you started this sentence. No. You know I mean? <laughs> uh, the irony, of course, right, is that. I think this match is going to be tremendous. Yes. Um, and I think it's going to be tremendous because Ricky Starks is going to enter a fantastic babyface performance. I agree, yeah. Um, but his attitude, not his attitude, that's got bad connotations. His disposition, his quality, mm. his character outside of the ring. And it's, unless he's like screaming, screaming, screaming as a babyface and he can do the impassioned spiel and all the rest of it, but it's the way he carries himself. I don't think it's a babyface character personally. So I don't think Punk should do a job. He should do a job at some point and a big one to Hangman Page. That would be funny. Um, <laughs> but not to this version of Ricky Starks in this form. Mm. Nonetheless, in ring, I think this will be an absolutely great babyface performance from Ricky Starks, particularly because... CM Punk, A, knows how to be a heel, B, wants to be a heel, and C, is more than happy to roll with the punches and realize I'm going to at least get 50-50 stuff. It feels like it was more, hey, Punk, as opposed to boo, Punk, as opposed to, oh, my God, Punk, on um, the match in the match against Samoa Joe. Um, but I think that Starks has got enough of a following where they'll like to be a bit defiant with Punk. Um, even if it's in Calgary and there's the, the Bret Hart and the Punk connection, I guess, and the Calgary fans will recognize and like Punk for, um, you know, paying tribute to Hart mm -hmm. and keeping his name in conversations as the legend that he is. I still think it'll be a bit mixed. And Punk is a complete arsehole against Starks, who is so good at emoting frustration. And don't do that to me. Like... When he kicks at people mm -hmm. on the mat when they've just done a move to him, like his fire-ups and his defiance, like in the ring as a babyface, he's got it. And I think Punk will revel in that before beating him clean. And then, I don't know if it's immediate post-match turn, that would be an angle. That would be yeah. a heat angle, especially for the Owen. Uh, would you save it a week? I don't know. Ask Martha Hart, not me. Yeah, I, I think uh, there's no real issue here. Uh, there was no doubt going to be people coming out immediately with whatever result it is. With you've made the wrong choice there, yeah. or you've you've no, killed, that's a good point. You killed Ricky Starks. You fumbled the bag with him again. You know, 
or oh, you've ruined, you've killed the golden goose if CM Punk doesn't win. I think Punk wins. I think you're right. And I like this as the catalyst for Ricky Starks to be like, should I be a git again? Because, you know, maybe you don't have to necessarily have Punk cheat to win, but he's got to have that edge about him, like you say, because of circumstances. Um, so maybe he thinks, actually, if maybe if I had cut that corner just a little bit, maybe I'd be walking around with, you know, the Owen Hart Cup and... And all that comes with that sort yeah. of thing. But, yeah, it's too soon to beat Punk in yeah, a singles match. it is. Uh... Um, Ruby Soho versus Willow Nightingale or Athena. We'll find out who that is on tonight's Rampage. But I think, well, when we talked about uh, Willow Athena last week, I'll just say this, um, obviously because they got moved because of the injury to Willow. I think despite that, I think we'd still go with our predictions, especially considering who's waiting in the final. Yeah, Ruby Soho won, so it's... Uh, it's... It's, it's Willow Nightingale, <laughs> obviously. I know how these things work. It would be weird if they didn't do it that way. Um, aye. So if we presume, or if we know, it's going to be Willow Nightingale versus Ruby Soho, uh, give it to Willow. Okay. Give it to Willow. Um, I, don't, I don't necessarily think a babyface has to win this tournament every single time. I think maybe the first two years, because it's... A feel-good tournament in those weird circumstances. It's to honor Owen Hart. It's not now, or at least it shouldn't be, I don't think, this sort of... I don't just be nice if Babyfaces won it for the first couple of years. Yeah. Um, because it's just a nice celebration of a legend's legacy. Um, I just like how it exists. It doesn't necessarily make anyone a bigger star or it's not a prize you can defend. You kind of forgot Brett Baker won it, for example. Mm -hmm. um, I just think it's a nice thing that can just exist. I don't need to use it. I don't need to see it being used for heat. Like, I'm horrible, but I won the Owen and he was, I, I don't know. I would just like it to be a reward for Will Nightingale really, really getting over. And just I want to see her to see her nice because she's fantastic, and I think if it is Willow versus Ruby, then it's a good enough dynamic. They've shown chemistry in the past. They haven't really blown me away with any of their exchanges and tags or whatever, uh, but it's always been good, and I think that the emotion and the fact that people really want to see Willow have this moment, um, I'm all saying this in case she wins and Athena doesn't um, on Rampage on Friday, but I just think that I always... Forget, oh, God, the crowd heat's not there because the the, the booking of this division is just completely apathetic. Mm. But Willow was so good that she transcends it. So I'm expecting a hot, good, and emotional match on Saturday night. Yeah, and, and you've got a great story with both competitors then. You'd have Ruby Soho two years in a row losing in the final. And a Will third tournament loss. Mm -hmm. You can yeah. maybe turn a face again. Yeah, and Willow Nightingale going from being eliminated in the first round last year to winning the whole thing yeah. and uh, obviously the redemption having lost the New Japan strong women's title as well uh, get Athena and AW and just ban ROH off all together plus if you ever want to bring them out <laughs> I like the idea of fans being like wherever they are um, if it's not Chicago going when CM Punk comes out here I'm going to boo this building yeah. to the ground and they go ladies and gentlemen please welcome your own heart cup winners CM Punk and Willow Nightingale. They go, I can't boo Willow Nightingale. Yeah, yeah. She's perfect. So, yeah, I like that idea. Um, 
Yeah, and as much as it is tempting, and I, the the reason this is the reason I'll bite more on a Ruby Soho victory than a, a Ricky Starks victory is I can see them potentially setting up not because it's, it's weird because it's it is a trophy and a belt, yeah, and it isn't at the same time. It's not like something that's going to be defended. Um, I do like the idea of uh, them saying the outcasts are going to at least attempt to hold all the gold by let's say all in, so you have. Tony you, with the world uh, women's world title. You have Ruby Soho with this Owen Hart Cup belt thing. And then you have Soraya potentially targeting, let's say, Chris Statlander's TBS championship, for example. Um, so I'll bite on a pinfall, but I agree. I think it's going to be, I think yeah. it's going to be Punk and Willow uh, winning the whole thing. This arguably could be a three-match collision, couldn't it? Two-hour show, three matches, because you've got Punk Starks, Ruby Soho, Willow Nightingale, or Athena in the uh, Owen Hart Cup. But then you've also got a two out of three falls AW tag team title match. Other stuff is advertised for, for uh, Battle of the Belts, and as, as I said, we'll get to that in due course. But in terms of collision, that's it. Two out of three falls FTR versus Bl- Bullet Club Gold. I think we'll add one more. Potentially. We did it last week with ugh, Scorpio Sky and Action Andretti. Ugh. Ugh. So maybe one more. Because um, even if FTR and... Bing, bing, bing. Go an hour. I don't think Punk Starks is going to go like half an hour. Mm. Um, I reckon about 40 this will get. Mm-hmm. I reckon this will get 40 and they'll add another match on. These guys are absolutely fantastic. Mm-hmm. If Dax Howard can, in fact, get in his own way sometimes. So I've got... I'm going to be the low guy, okay? I'd rather be the low guy and then be surprised and get my hopes up. I think that they'll start taking the piss. We've already seen it in the match that built this match, and they have to do more in this match. I think they'll start taking the piss in terms of missing the peak, in terms of um, doing way too many kickouts. I loved the FTR Briscoes trilogy. I loved it. The dog collar one was tremendous. I think the first one might have been the best. I didn't think the second match was particularly good at all. I thought the second match was so nakedly trying to get the acclaim to better the first one. Mm. I don't think it was that well told a story. I just thought the longer it went and the more they did, it was just like, right, I get it. Just I'm not an island with that one. I no? don't think people will, when they look back on the trilogy, I think the second one is pretty much consensus the worst of the three, but yeah. people still loved it. I just thought it was a bit desperate. And I worry given that's the same kind of stip considering the story they told last week of how this is an epic now. We've found ourselves in an epic battleground. I think they're really going to kind of take the piss. I think you're going to see some absolutely wonderful professional wrestling, but I think there's going to come a point where it just gets a bit excessive. Self-indulgent. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I, there was an there was a element of that in the match last week where they missed the peak. Uh, I don't want to be down on this. I think the best version of this match is absolutely incredible, like a tag team match of the air candidate, but I just, they've got previous. They've mm. got previous mm. with this exact stipulation. Um, FTR will win. That's in no doubt whatsoever for me What like at this point. They haven't defended it enough times, for, I don't think, for Tony to consider it. I think there are political consider- considerations at play now where if you want to keep CM Punk happy, you keep the belts on FTR. Yep. Um, for a long time anyway. 
So I suspect that's where it's all going. And you'd be a bit more positive about it. I mean, I'm really excited about it because of the the match from last week. But, I, you know, we both came in here and I said, I agree with you. Yeah. They went two, three minutes too yeah. long. There was a kick out from something from Dax. I, uh, it's already escaped me what it was. And I thought, oh, that reaction's not as loud as it was a couple yeah. of minutes ago. Take it home, lads. Um, you know, and uh, I think, like you say, it's, this has got the potential to be a, a match of the year. But they need to remember what they're doing in terms of if they burn everyone out with the first fall, for example, that's a long way to go. Um, you know, they're going to have no doubt that these four individuals can tell a brilliant story. Um, and with what they did last week, they've certainly got a great basis for uh, taking it to the next level in terms of having to secure two pinfalls or submissions or whatever. Um, but yeah, FTR's winning, aren't they? Yes, they are. Um, and they'll do the classic, eh, don't know who goes up a fall or not, the heels probably, mm. to, to make the ultimate comeback. The thing is, like, FTR are so good. If they can, if the heels can go a fall up and then do a really, really great face and peril sequence, even by their standards, and make it feel like they can't even get in the ring, much less get a fall back, then this could be really nice, restrained pro wrestling magic but there'll be an extra four minutes that annoy me. Yeah, I mean, there's yeah, exactly. There's a way that you do this where, who knows, maybe with the, the two out of three full stip, if you're an evil group such as Bullet Club Gold, bing, bing, ging, bing, bing, ging, you say, okay, right. So we got, we've effectively got a fall to play with here. So we're going to get the golden guns to hospitalize Cash Wheeler, for example, yeah. which will be a disqualification, but... Guess what? Then it's a two-on-one handicap match, effectively against uh, Dax or you know either or, and then there's this, there's your story. Yeah. But yeah, I think one way or another, when you get to one all, and you look at on paper, you'd say, well, this is Bullet Club Golds to lose. But oh, out of nowhere, FTR retain the, yeah. the tag titles. Yeah, I think for a variety of different reasons, I'm leaning towards towards FTR with the, the title retentions. Let's turn our attention now to Bell of the Belts. Very quickly. Very quickly. Who cares? Um, Tony Khan doesn't, at, so why should I? I will say, at time of recording, there is one match advertised yeah. for Battle of the Belts. Full disclosure, everybody, we're going to talk about that match first, then we'll talk about the other two matches that got announced on Rampage, because I've read the spoilers. If Otherwise, you we couldn't preview it. Yeah, if you don't know that. With, like, a 24 hours notice. <sighs> Yeah, if, if you don't want to know that, then you can either, you know, pause the podcast when we get to that point and come back to it after you watch Rampage, or just turn it off. You know, it's free country yeah. at the end of the day. And we've had the mid-roll ad anyway. Mid-roll ad, and it's, I'm going to take like three minutes on this. Uh, TNT Championship match. I think Luchasaurus is the champion. Uh, still not sure. Because of the whole Christian Cage thing, which I, I don't know why people are so baffled by this, but still. Uh, versus Sean Spears. Yeah, it's the first of two cheat codes of, let's do an, a stunningly predictable match that we would never really dream of even putting on a collision or dynamite. Um, or maybe on a week when I've got a really big main event, we would do it. Like It's meant to be the Clash of the Friggin' Champions reboot and everything, but name. Still got the alliteration. What's happening with that? Like, it feels like they've... Got something. It was meant think, to be the yeah, the B pay per views. Yeah, they've, they've, and it was meant to be two hours. 
And then got told you're having an hour. And Tony Khan was like, right, well, I'm not building the brand around that. And yeah. in that time slot, what's the point? And it's a mutual apathet- uh, mutually apathetic thing between Warner and AEW at this point. Um, it was just cursed from the start. It's like, oh, I've agreed to it now, so we kind of both have to fulfill we've promoted it. promoted it, we've advertised yeah. it, yeah, and contractually agreed to it. But then no one's ever cared. I don't care. Um, but the first of two cheat codes is, right, okay, these matches are predictable. I think Tony Khan is willingly asking them to ask this because mm-hmm. he's not even putting on, like, say, for example, you could do Orange Cassidy versus... I know he's worked them before, but Buddy Matthews. Yeah. Where you're going to get, like, a, a really great work rate match. Or, like, Luchasaurus versus... I know that any really good performance... Uh, opponents for Luchasaurus in a straight singles match as a heel. Ah, that's a baffling decision. Absolutely baffling decision for me. We played a game, didn't we, earlier, me, you, and Hamlet, where I got you to guess the other two yes, title matches on this show. Yes, because we hadn't read the spoilers at this point. And <laughs> it's fair to say, despite the authorities you both are, you were way off. You didn't get a single out of four guesses. You didn't get... A single performer, right? It's or a, a championship, a, right? a good reason for that, though. Well, yes, exactly, because you you had expected bigger and better things. Well, I expected... I thought Statlander would work a match. Apparently not. <laughs> so the two cheat codes are two Canadian wrestlers. Yeah. So that's why Spears is in there. You know, he's Canadian. He'll get a better reaction than he does in, in the US, and the match will get very gently elevated as a result. Who could possibly care? They don't care about Sean Spears. They don't care about Battle of the Belts. They don't really care about the TNT title now that they've gone balls deep into the international mm-hmm. and getting that over. So I just don't care. Luchasaurus wins. Match will be a, a gentleman's three, probably. Yeah, Luchasaurus wins, possibly even via Christian interference, even though he doesn't necessarily need to on paper. No offense, Sean Spears. Uh, right, spoilers alert again. We're going to talk about the other two matches revealed on Rampage. There's your warning. Orange Cassidy versus Lance Archer for the international title. Those kind of rules. And Tony Storm versus Tyre Valkyrie, of all people, for the women's title. Right. I'm in a bad mood, so I'll do good news first, then bad. We'll linger linger on the bad. Okay. Uh, The best version of Orange Cassidy versus Lance Archer. Great dynamic. I I remember when Cassidy, like, you don't really get this anymore because he doesn't rely on this shtick as much, and... She's a great wrestler, so you enjoy the matches. I used to buzz off pairing him. When you saw the match graphics, mm-hmm. how is this person going to react to the hands-in-the-pockets thing? Like I remember um, the Mr. Brody Lee, Orange Cassidy match. I spent 10 minutes mm-hmm. fantasy booking that spot. I want to see what La- uh, what Archer does. Does he just... I think he'll just forearm him. Like before <laughs> the hands actually go on the forearm, forearm, just not messing about, not even entertaining this. The idea being that Casty will have to rely on an even better, deeper puzzle mm. if Lance just refuses to go along with those mind games. And there should be some good stun dog millionaire stuff in this one. He always does it well with a really big guy. Um, Casty's going to win. Don't know why you bring back Archer for Battle of the Belts. Probably because the truth is they mustn't care about him that much anymore. If we're being honest, I still love Lance Archer. Me I still too. think he's great, but they don't. Evidently, that's why he's on this show. And Ty Valkyrie versus Tony Storm <laughs> is sh. It's fing sh. Booking. Like, Ty Valkyrie has just lost three consecutive TBS title matches. One 
she got screwed out of it. The other, she, there might have been interference. She lost clean in the middle to uh, Statlander on Dynamite. And why is she getting a world title shot? Sorry, it's even worse. She lost to Sheeda on last week's Rampage. What? No, two weeks ago, Rampage, sorry. Oh, that's good. Good booking, Tony. What? <laughs> why is it Sheeda then? Just do Sheeda. I know that she's not Canadian, but Tony Storm retains. I hate Battle of the Belts. Well, I think I'd, wa- I'd rather watch Level Up. <laughs> we talked about this, didn't we? Battle of the Belts, Level Up, Rampage. Yeah. Rampage they're trying with now. It's too really? late, but they're putting some big stuff on there. I know it was the like big 100 one that they did the major things for, but they, they Excalibur nearly exploded running through it on Dynamite, you know. Um, but... Will we be here? Well, I won't. But will you and Ambler be here on Monday (laughs) reviewing Battle of the Belts? No. But maybe. But no. Um, Regardless, you are going to review Collision, of course. But let's get the TNT title. I might just give it to Sean Spears at this point. Yeah. Give it to everyone. Just imagine you you two texting each other on Sunday morning. Son of a bitch! Full disclosure, I might not do it anyway. Yeah. (laughs) We'll see. The, 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 uh, hang on, wait a second. I'm going to try and get this right. We're going to do it anyway. <laughs> but let's know your thoughts ahead of Collision, at least. There's some fantastic matches on there. Uh, on Twitter, at WhatCultureWWE. Watch they can follow both of us. You can follow Michael Sidgwick at... M. Sidgwick. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at WhatCultureWWE, as I said. Make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts. Uh, the SmackDown preview is available right now. And WrestleCulture with the hashtag Bloody Good Quiz is coming your way a little bit later on today. But for now, this has the AW Collision preview and Battle of the Belts preview, technically. Uh, my thanks to Michael Sidgwick. Thank you for joining us. And we... We'll see you soon. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.